This is season number 19 of Bass Talk Live with Matt Pangrak. BTL is presented by Lorenz, Bass Cat Boats, Aftco, Strike King Lures, Sunline, Big Bite Baits, Spro, X-Zone Lures, Gamakatsu, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Pro Guide Batteries, Beatdown Outdoors, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, and Omnia Fishing. Hit him with the hook, Jeffries. PTL, coming at ya! Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk about bass fishing. Been doing a lot of BTLs lately. Two-hour show live with Dave Mercer last night. Big shout-out to Dave Mercer. We gave away over $1,000 in AFCO product on that show last night. Uh, and then yesterday morning, the man, the myth, the legend, Tommy Biffle, jumped on. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to that show, dude, Tommy is such a good guy. Has a great memory of some of the dumb stuff that he used to do. I thought his greatest comment was that he wishes back in the 80s and 90s that GoPros were around because he would probably go viral with some of the stuff that he uh, that he did in a boat. Got a good show today. Uh, a buddy of mine that I'm looking forward to getting to see a little bit more on in the Bassmaster Open EQs this upcoming year. Uh, Elite Series Angler, Bassmaster Open Champion, uh, MLF Invitational Angler, FLW Tour Champion. The guy's really uh, accomplished a lot over the uh, 10 plus years that he's been a professional angler. That is Casey Scanlon. And we will have Casey on from uh, the famous Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, we'll talk about his setup. I think he's really got it figured out. He's got it together. He He's literally like lives on the lake, has the ski boat for when you can't fish on it, has the fishing boat for when you can't ski on it and just lives a life of lake luxury. Uh, do want to point out let me pump this up here the uh crappie chronicles and btl break your pb st jude fundraiser if you are anywhere in the southern minnesota area coming up here february 11th it's the day before the super bowl 5 to 10 p.m at Giesenbro beer company we have i'm bringing over two thousand dollars worth of uh raffles I know Adam Bartuzek from the Crappie Chronicles. All the Crappie Chronicle guys are going to be there too if you follow that series uh, online. If you don't, check it out. It's actually cool ice fishing. Like I said, it's not like grumpy old men. It's like these guys go out and they hunt giant crappie uh, through the ice. But uh, Denali Android Rods, uh, AFCO, Pro Guide Battery stepped up. They will have a $500 uh, gift certificate to the Pro Guide Battery site, a $500 Sunline pack, and a $250 Big Bite pack. All raffles have to be there. Doors open at 5. Uh, I think we're doing like a $10 entry, and you get a raffle ticket, and then like 5 for 20 after, yeah, 5 for 20 after that. I suggested 4 for 20, and then that didn't go over. That's not a very good deal. So, all right, let's get to our guest for the day, and that is none other than Casey Scanlon. Casey, thanks for jumping on BTO. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Matt. I was talking about uh I was talking with you about this off air and and uh I mean let's not let's not kid ourselves. We're no like Gerald Swindles or KVDs or anything like that. So I always have in the back of my head, it's been like at every classic meet and greet, at every little deal that I've done, I'm like, God, I hope someone shows up. Like at least just one person. Like I've always had the I always have this nightmare where I wake up and I'm like, what if nobody shows up? 
Well, the good thing about this show is at least we can, you know, maybe get them to watch the replay. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, we got people in this show now, but I was talking about like the meet and greet stuff. Have you have you ever had that that fear course through your body as you walk into a, an expo or a, an outdoor show where you're like, dude, I've been like pumped up as the man here. What, All if, the time. what if no one comes to see the man? <laughs> I've, I've actually got to go to Kentucky this weekend and do a boat show for Bass Pro. I've never been to this particular one, so I'm kind of going through a little bit of that right now. I got you. Have you, is that still alive and well, the boat shows and the the seminars? I know for a while there, we talked about, well, you had COVID, which totally killed it. And it was like, Hey, are these things going to make a comeback? Is it all going to go to streaming and online? But it seems like this year I've seen more guys traveling to more, like there was one up at Schaumburg. I think there was just a big one in Georgia. You're headed to, to Kentucky. You said, yeah, it seems like, it seems like the last three or four weeks, there's been a ton of them for sure. But I uh, went to Kansas City last week for one. Uh, my sponsor, Wholesale Batteries, was sponsoring. And, man, they had – it was pretty cool. They had some decent attendance, you know. But for the speakers they had, I mean, Rick Klon was up there. A lot of guys oh, that I would go pay to listen to, you know, honestly. So uh, it was a pretty cool show. But, you know, with, with all this stuff so easily accessible online, I think they, they struggle a little. Listen, I wasn't disrespecting grumpy old men people. I was just saying it's not just like sitting there like the guys actually. Have you seen how they crappie fish now on the ice? Have you seen any of this where they're using the no. uh, they're using the forward facing sonar and they're drilling like hundreds of holes and covering miles of water? So you have one guy who's like a scout. So basically he'll drill the hole. He'll drop the forward facing sonar down. They've got it on a stick. He'll spin it around and he'll go. 80 foot that way. Really? There's a school of them. And then some dude will shuffle out there with the drill. You'll watch the drill actually go through on the forward facing sonar. And then you can watch the, then you drop the, the vexilar into that hole. Then you've got your guy away. He's like, yep, I see your stuff. You're right on them. Drop, drop, drop. And then you look at the 2d vexilar. And then when you catch them, when they move, depending on how spooky they are, you just follow them all across the basin. Following the school on the ice. That's pretty wild. With forward-facing sonar. So by the end of it, you look and you have this massive grid of stuff where the whole school that was here is like something's going on. So they move here and then they follow them there and they have this whole trail that follows them all across the lake. You got to be careful. Cut so many holes. It'll be on like an iceberg eventually. Yeah. I wondered how that works. Like, I mean, at some point you got Swiss cheese, but I don't know. When I went a couple years ago, I just stayed in the back and asked dumb questions. So yeah, the only time I went, we just hunkered down in a tent and drank a few cold ones it was actually fun though you know when they decide to bite they swim up it's it would not be as fun without the forward facing sonar or or, uh pan optics you know whatever Mm -hmm. you definitely entertaining to watch them swim up and grab it i would have a tough time uh if i lived where you lived bass fishing because lake of the ozarks is such a fun crappie lake too there's more crappie in here right now than I've ever seen. We we catch them usually while we're bass fishing. So, you know, you kind of get a double up on it. So that's pretty fun. You guide for crappie at all or just bass? Uh, yeah. If they want to go crappie fishing, I'll take them out there and guide for sure. We've uh, we've been doing a lot of that this winter. Uh, like right now, we catch them on jerk baits, you know. So it's uh, you can do a little bit of both. But, um, yeah, the crappie fishing can be kind of difficult here. The way I like to catch them is – shooting the docks, you know, shooting that jig up underneath there. And, you know, for somebody who's not experienced to doing that, I mean, even for me, it's kind of a pain in the butt in some days, but you just, you know, pick out a small hole and, 
in the dock underneath like a swim platform or something with a bunch of shade and shoot it under there and, and pretty much hold your breath because when you get a good shot you usually catch them i've always been worried when uh when it came to shooting docks that i'd go crappie jig index finger <laughs> you know i surprisingly i haven't done that i'm usually pretty good at hooking myself but um you know i, I think the rods are weak enough that it, it's not too too bad uh do you remember i'm trying to think yeah it was gene larue when they came out with these shooter tabs and they were like the little yeah i don't like, know how to explain them little silver tabs and then you just put it on the jig with the plastic and then you hold the tab when you shot it yeah i i got a couple uh, like like a sample pack or something i never tried them though but i have i have seen them they look kind of cool yeah that's good stuff but you are right on loz lake of the ozarks what part of the lake in general are you in because that thing is massive and winding like you have a dock and can look out and walk down to the water the whole nine yards like you are on the lake I've, uh, I'm actually kind of like surrounded by water. I'm looking at the lake right now, but I'm, I'm actually just off the water. So I've, okay. got, a, I've got a dock down at uh, a marina that I use. Um, but yeah, i got a couple acres up here on top of a hill. It's pretty uh, pretty good little view in the wintertime especially. So yeah, right How here. How long have you been there? Um, gosh, I've been here. I've been at the lake about 10 years. Yeah. And I've been in this house probably five, so four or five. And then but, do you still have the cigarette boat? I do. Yeah. It's down there arena right now, covered up, re ready to go. Dude, I had a I had a buddy, <clears throat> I had a buddy back in Illinois who had a house at Lake of the Ozarks. He wasn't able to get down there a lot. Uh and right. when he did, you know, he had the the two jet skis, the pontoon, and then the cigarette with like white camel leather interior. Oh, and no. So we would always like take it out and cruise and then we would end up at uh at all of the different uh establishments throughout the lake and this was like for fourth of July and the holidays. So I, I fondly uh remember the Lake of the Ozark experience during the summer. That's a completely different animal. There's not another lake in the world that is like Lake of the Ozarks when people are on it. Yeah, I try to tell people that um, it's it's a unique lake, you know, a bunch of fish in here. But like in the summertime, it's uh, you've never seen more boats out. At you cannot fish like it is dangerous to fish. You cannot bass fish during yeah. the summertime. Like you do not want to have a bass boat out there. No, no. If it If it's like if it's like 930 in the morning, go home because you know? like at 10 o'clock, it's going to be a rough ride. What is the one bar? Is it called like Lazy Gators or? Yeah, there's a Lazy Gators and Shady Gators. Shady yeah. Gators. There's a Lazy and a Shady? Yes, they're same, same place. Okay, yeah. th is this in that big, it's like in a cut and there's like a hotel on like one side of it with a gas dock and then the Gators is like a. Yeah. Okay, it. so like a number of years ago, we decided to go night fishing on like a Friday night, which was also really dumb. Because you, I don't think you understand how many hundreds of boats are out here. But we got on the best big worm bite out in front of Shady Gators. Like nighttime, we're watching the club. We can hear the DJ, the music. We're out there and it's just dong, dong, dong yeah. off of that point right there. 
Yeah. It, it, we caught like 15 or 20 of them. It was the one of the coolest experiences I've ever had because I don't night fish a lot, but I've never seen fish hit so hard. Like you could feel the vibration of the music in the water and they were still just munching. Yeah, they don't they don't mind the noise. Um, they don't mind the boats and they definitely like to bite at night. Mo most of our tournaments here, well, the boat traffic's so bad that like, you know, we don't we don't have tournaments in the summertime here unless they're on a weekday and in the evening, you know, I mean, you're not going to get in a tournament on a Saturday, you know, on June 20th, you know, they're just, <laughs> they don't exist. Yeah. So, but you can get out on Wednesday evening and fish, you know, and, and they're biting. How, uh, how bad is it going to be? I'm looking at my schedule in the end of September. There are going to be a lot of boats out. That's what I was thinking. I was like, that's not late enough. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of boats out. Um, like, if you make that final day, it's going to be a cluster. Yeah, yeah fishing on Saturday. Uh, I, do we do a Saturday, Sunday now? They changed it. or I think I think it was originally Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but I think they shifted it back to Friday, Saturday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, the, the Friday, the, the Wednesday through Friday would have been better. <laughs> Wait. Sure. I mean, is it's gonna is it gonna be fishable on September? 23rd? Yeah, I mean, oh, they have they have BFLs and you know uh, Toyota series and stuff down here towards that time, and uh, yeah, I mean it's not gonna be a pleasant boat ride. There's gonna be plenty of pleasure boaters out there. You're gonna have to slow the boat down and wait for some waves to pass by at certain points. But worse than like a Nichols on Grand in June, not even yeah. comparable. Yeah, it, I mean, it's probably comparable. There's going to be far less boats out uh, than normal. But, I mean, if you get a nice Saturday, they're going to be out. Just, they're going to be out. Where does all that money come from, Casey? I, I ask myself <laughs> that all the time. I have no idea. No idea. Uh, all over the United States, honestly. Um, you know, I mean, people are come, drive down for the weekend from Chicago and, you know, Iowa, Illinois, you know, uh, I see him, I see him from all over, you know, as you're going by the boat docks, they usually, whatever boat they have in, in on their multiple, you know, slip dock that's worth, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. But usually one of their boats will say where they're from. And I'm always like, man, that's a long ways to drive down to the lake to just enjoy the weekend. But they do they it. Probably fly. A lot of them do. You know, they there's a lot of houses with helicopter pads on the front yard or even on top of the dock. I've seen them. Yeah. You don't get that from fish in the opens. No, no. I'm trying to get a job with one of these guys as being like the lawn boy or something, but it's been a tough go. <laughs> Try to go with the lawn. You're primarily guiding now. That's your deal, right? Yeah. We, I mean, we get a lot of tourism down here. So, um, the, the guide business is uh, really steady. You know, you can you can guide uh, throughout most of the, you know, uh, spring and summer and fall uh, as much as you want, really. All right, let's get into some fishing talk. Uh, you are, well, you're probably one of the bigger names fishing the 2023 Bassmaster Open EQs this year after a, uh, are you over at uh, FLWMLF for what, six, seven years? It doesn't seem that long, but I guess it was probably five yeah. to six years at least. I, Here, I, let me pull it up. There you go. Six years. Okay. 2017 through 2022. 
Yeah. Wow, that went really fast. I it really did. It all has, but that that six years went really fast for sure. You made uh, four championships. Yeah. And had a couple had a win over there and had it, but uh, talk about the what made you say, "Hey, I'm going to go fish all nine opens." You've come close before. You finished tenth in the points in 2021 through the centrals. Uh, that was a freak show year where like everyone at the top just caught the crap out of them to make it. You've, you've dabbled in the opens, uh, before too, but what was it that made you say, Hey, I'm going to come back and go all in on them this year. You know, uh, been a, there's just been a ton of changes in the, in the fishing industry. Uh, when I started ba- fishing bass, you know, I was young. I, um, had no experience fishing outside of Missouri um and qualified for the elite series you know with basically you know no sponsors and and got my start that way and it was like man the elite series was just so stout at the time and still is but it was like all the guys i looked up to and it was kind of a big learning experience for me and uh you know i've always kind of wanted a shot to go back you know get in another classic and uh you know kind of kind of try it with a little bit more experience you know and uh um, you know, with all the changes at FLW, I mean, uh, rule, you know, obviously MLF took it over and been a lot of rule changes and, uh, you know, just, just a lot of changes in general and all of it, they're trying to do for the good of the sport, for the good of the anglers. But I just felt like, um, you know, with the inv- invitationals now, instead of, you know, the, the, uh, FLW that we were fishing. Hey, that's horrible. I'll say it. I, I didn't like it. I didn't like, um, you know, I think they've changed some of the rules, but I, I didn't like the off limits period. I loved that they put the 30 days on the opens. That's nice. Yeah. I like the limiting of the practice. That's nice as well. So some of those things factored in as well. But ultimately, you know, I kind of wanted another shot at bass and I and I wanted to uh, you know, want to be on the biggest stage in the sport. And that's you know, and that's what I feel like uh where it's at right now. Have you ever seen a tournament trail that goes a 28 to 30 day off limits, but only a five day, no info? No, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's the way it was before. Like everyone was like, Oh, well you can have your friends and family out there practicing for you during the off limits. And I was was, like, there was a lot of weird stuff, you know, at some, you know, they let you practice with friends and family, you know, which, that's how it is on the opens this year. You have to be in the tournament for practice, but it's only a five day no info rule. So you can get info. Yes, one hundred percent days up until the official practice day, which is Saturday. So you can't be on the water for whatever the twenty eight thirty days is before each that they send us. But you can get you can get info up until five days before. So it's not a no info rule. Yeah, a, which is I, fine because that's it, that that's been the way it is all the time, and it, it's. Yeah. It's been like that the last number of years. The fact that we there you won't have the guys on the water for 13, 14, 15 days before is the key that, in that. Yeah, I agree. And and all those rules, like I wish they were all just more way more cut and dry. We had a lot of them, um, you know, at FLW or MLF that were like, you know, 15 day cut off, but uh, you know, you can't can't get any information. 30 days prior or something, but, but you can be on the water during that 15 days prior with a local, but you can't get any information from him. Like there was just like all sorts of rules. It just didn't make sense, but I like the 30 days and um, you know, I, 
I usually don't get info and uh, probably won't get much this mm -hmm. uh, upcoming year. It, it doesn't seem to help me. So if, if you know guys want to get it, then. I have gotten some info on Lake of the Ozarks, and I've been told that if I find docks to fish them. <laughs> well, you won't have any problem finding I was, them. I was told to target the docks, Casey. So. That that's <laughs> what, what? What are you laughing at? You don't like my info? I'm trying to give you a nugget during the show, and you're laughing at my face. It's a great tip for sure. There's a ton of them. Like, I mean, do you not feel? I was told that at least half of the top ten would probably come off docks, and they will probably, maybe all of them. The, uh, it's hard to find bank uh, anymore, especially <laughs> COVID. Like, they just yeah. built every little piece of land around here is getting built on right now so. for those who have not uh have not been to lake of the ozarks how would you ex explain the situation on the majority of them? i mean you can run up you can run up some rivers and get away from it and actually feel like you're you're fishing bank but how would you describe the, <laughs> the majority of lake of the ozarks yeah uh i'm gonna say you know, a hundred plus miles of with, filled with big creeks of just floating boat docks, um, big ones, you know, anywhere from, you know, the small little one or two slip well dock to one that you could put 200 people on and, you know, 20 boats. They're just, most of the boat docks have a 30 or 40 foot, you know, cruiser or cigarette boat or you know, a pontoon boat with four engines hanging on the back of it. It's a, uh, it's a different place. So, you know, most of the time people are here to use it uh, for recreation. Um, you know, they're out here swimming, partying, running around, burning gas, skiing. But I think that's what really helps protect the fishery. You got cables strung up everywhere. Um, All right, I'm, I'm showing it to the people yeah. right now. I don't even know where I am. You're this right. Is House, it looks like. Am I really? I zoom out a little bit. Uh, no. I, I just went. Off. I just went mid lake. Yeah. Because this yeah. over here, this over I, here has got to be what PB two over here. Yeah, that's right where we're launching. That's the mouth of the glaze right there. So, okay, but look, I, 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 you can zoom in anywhere on this lake, people. Anywhere, anywhere on the lake, it does not matter. Look at this. Yeah. It, it all looks like that. And and those areas that he's zooming in on, I mean, you know, you can spend a whole day right there in that creek. That's There's, not even a creek. That's just a little cut. I mean, I know that I mean, it, they're everywhere. Hey, you want to go over to this side? Yeah. So I'm in the cove, right? So if you go right next door, that's where I'm at. Right here? To the left. Right here? Yes. Really? Right there on that secondary point about midway back on the right. Right here? Yes. That's where you are right now. Uh, Go come back a little bit. Next point down. That's it right there. That's, that's kind of shaped like a gingerbread man. Have you ever seen that? There's the head. There's the arm. There's the other arm. There's the legs. I've seen it now. <laughs> yeah, you're a gingerbread man. But yeah, the docks are absolutely insane on this lake, folks. And like I said, you can zoom out and go to any portion of the lake that you want. And then till even even when you get up the river, like you'll have a little bit of bluff and stuff that doesn't have it. But yeah, it's uh it's wall to wall boat docks. It's uh, mm -hmm. you know, 
If you like fishing boat docks, it's a great place to live. That's like when I went to Lake Norman, guys were like, God, this is overwhelming with all the docks. And I'm like, really? I, I mean, hell, you spent a couple of days on Lake of the Ozarks, and I, that's got to be the most docked lake in the country. Yeah. When you when you say, like, go find an isolated dock, you're talking like one that's like 50 feet from another one. Do they do the same thing on grain there where you sink the good stuff in between the docks where it's hard to get to? Um, It's everywhere. <laughs> the whole lake. I mean, like we, we put out brush all the time, but it's everybody does. There's so much of it. I mean, if you if you go down, uh, there's there's almost too much right now, in my opinion, but they put it everywhere. They get creative with it for sure. Uh, but no shortage of it, not hard to find. All right, we're going to take our first break of the show. Uh, when we come back, you mentioned you mentioned that you wanted to get into another classic. I want to go back and revisit that 2013 classic on Grand. That would be the Game Face Cliff Pace Classic. Yeah, ice cold, bitterly cold. I remember on on Bass Zone back then, we were deep into the the articles and the print. I believe you were my my dark horse pick to win the classic that year. Uh, cause you had a, at the time, I think you had a Kansas, you had a Kansas residency. Yeah. Um, you had, you know, I think you had a bunch of different guys in that classic who were from it. And I think you flew under the radar, but, but probably put in more legwork effort and was more familiar with that lake than anyone realized. So we'll go back a decade and revisit that. It is BTL on a Tuesday with Casey Scanlon from Lake of the Ozarks. We'll be back right after this. Introducing HDS Pro. Watch fish reacting to your lure live with Active Target 2. Get game-changing clarity in the megahertz range with the new Active Imaging HD Sonar. Find the richest fishing spots with CMAPS charts. Take full control of your boat with the ultimate fishing system. HDS Pro. The more you see, the more you catch. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry leading design coupled with tournament winning performance. The Puma STS from Basscat. Feel the rush. Hey guys, Gerald Swindle representing the AFCO Hydronaut. This is the jacket I love wearing when times is tough. And I'm talking about the weather, not the fishing. The jacket, what I like, I got a double cup right here. I can seal up the bottom of my jacket because when you're fishing, you're holding your arms up. You're bad about getting water runs downhill. Everything bends good. I'm long arm. Look, it fits very comfortable. My arms are flexible. I've got the speed hood on, pouring down range. I can get everything zipped up. One thing they did is I made plenty of pocket space. If you ain't got enough pockets in the Hydronaut rain suit, you just got too much stuff from the water man. 
membrane. That's 30K, baby. 30 times the reason you ain't gonna get wet. Super warm. If it's cold in the wintertime, you put on your Hydronaut, you're gonna be a much more comfortable person. If you don't wanna just look sexy at Dairy Queen, where are your Hydronaut? We got it from small to 5X. Most rain gear does not come in that many sizes. You got waist adjusting straps. We can make it fit you. No matter what the environment is, we want you to be comfortable. We want you to be dry. You gotta check it out. It ain't gonna let you down. Elite Series Pro Daryl Gleason here. My Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. What's up, Bass Talk Live fans? Brandon Polinick here. And ever since I won a couple Bassmaster Elite Series events on X-Zone Lures, I've been getting a bunch of questions of what makes them so special and different. And really, the truth is, it's in the details. The little details, things like no cheap fillers in their plastic, that gives you more lifelike action, more realistic and vibrant colors. But don't just take my word for it. Go to www.xzonelures.com and check them out for yourself. I'm the kind of guy that never leaves a house without a pocket knife, and Gamagatsu's come out with the EDC series of knives. EDC stands for everyday carry, so whether you're on the water or off, you can always have it with you. The best thing about it to me is that assisted open feature. With this D2 blade, you've got it right here at your fingertips, so if you can't find your scissors, you need to cut a knot, you need to cut your braid, you've always got it. Make sure you check it out. Never leave home without your Gamagatsu EDC knife. Preparation is key to success. And that preparation starts well before you ever hit the water. You're only as strong as your connection to the fish, and your line is that critical connection. Confidence in your line every minute of every day on the water is a necessity, and failure, it's not an option. Sunline makes the fluorocarbon, nylon, and braided lines to give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. All right, welcome back, <clears throat> BTL, on a Tuesday. We good, Casey? We're good. All right. Uh, that was some chaos that happened during the commercial break there. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Just... Did someone text you or call you or something? No, it was probably just my fault. I probably touched something wrong on the screen there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, let's do a little little BTL. Educate, educate, entertain, and engage the three the three E's. Let's hit the educate. Let's say you live on a lake that has uh, a lot of docks on it. And just in general, let's do or let's do spring because that's what's coming up, right? I'm not trying to glean any info for the fall here, but if you have a dock laden fishery in the spring, how are you approaching that using uh, the docks to to where you don't feel overwhelmed? You know, um, so I would approach it just like any other lake to where you're going to look at where the fish are going. So the fish are trying to spawn. So I'm going to look for docks in creeks. I'm going to look for docks you know, situated uh, in pockets and look for those fish that are going to move up and stage on them. Uh, you know, secondary points are always key as well. Um, but a lot of times the fish this time of year, at least the ones that are going to bite, uh, get pretty shallow on the dock. So I like to focus on, you know, stuff on a little bit steeper banks uh, for the most part, uh, especially early in the spring, and then try to focus on the, the bank side of the dock, the shallower portion. The uh, wiggle wart style rock crawler, that style of bait, 
has it made a comeback since the A rig has actually like become part of everyone's arsenal, or is it still like an A rig only deal on Lake of the Ozarks in cold weather? Um, you know, a lot of our tournaments we can't throw it. Uh, okay. And- the winter a lot of the local ones you know at least the bigger ones some of them don't allow it um but yeah it dominates when you can when you can throw it but the wiggle war is still uh um the wiggle ward or rock crawler or i'm throwing a, a tackle hd crankhead which is about the same and you know they all work well they're even working right now it's like you know anywhere from 38 to 42 degrees <laughs> water oh and, that's cool yeah, they and they bite it. Uh, they're pretty active. If they're up shallow, they'll eat it. Uh, hey, did you do that tournament? I'm not sure if you did or not. The golf or fins and skins deal yeah. that was up there. Yeah, that golf fishing tournament. We've done that uh, for several years now. Pretty fun event. What is that? So, I just saw like little bits of it, and it looks like it's fantastic. Yeah, uh, you know the weather that time of year is always the biggest struggle. But basically. Uh, fish for two days, golf for a day. You have, um, you know, it's similar to the fish and chips that we did and how fun yep. were So same, same kind of deal. You'll, uh, we have like a live auction before the tournament starts where the amateur will bid on the pro. And so that's kind of where we get the money for uh, the tournament. So, uh, and, and, you know, we all go for way too much money. How much did you go for? Couple, several thousand. Did Sakura fish it? Yeah. Did you go higher than Sakura? I don't think so. He had, he uh, he has he usually has a guy that's gonna buy him every year. You know, like it's been arranged. As <laughs> but, as, but, as much money as he makes on that lake, you think he'd be able to afford sleeves? Yeah. No. Just vest all the day, every day. Vest. Vest and visor. Yeah. No top of the hat. No sleeves. <laughs> ample mobility it, it works for him i guess uh but they, that looks on the outside like a really dollars. cool event i mean the, the guys it gets crazy in there guys are going for five six thousand bucks you know it's so it it's a pretty good tournament to win but ultimately you have to golf well and so they'll give you a golf pro um which will help your score uh, of course you know we really lean on the golf Was pro. it like 50 percent fishing 50 percent golf or like um you know, I'd have to look at it. It's more heavily weighted towards the fishing, I'd say, but it always comes down to the golf score. You know, you got to knock down putts and you got to golf well because a lot of the guys are really, uh, really talented golfers, which uh, catches you a little by surprise. They can golf and fish. So, huh. Uh, let's talk 2013 classic. We talked about this before. Uh, Grand is your, I mean, you're one of your home lakes. When you call it, I mean, you're not that I, far I from it. I love Grand. It feels like a home lake. I'm not terrible close to there, but fished it a lot and reminds me of Lake of the Ozarks. And uh, when we were getting into this year, talking about how you wanted to get back, try to make another classic and stuff. And I remember that was the one classic, which do you ever just sit back and be like, dude, I don't care what I do the rest of my career. I, I fish in the Bassmaster Classic. You know, I mean, it's a goal for everybody, right? So it's kind of one of those moments when you get there, it's like, ah, oh, this is it. And it's and it's such a cool tournament, you know. I've been to cups and you know, a lot of big events, but that that one's pretty special. It's a lot of fans, you know, big expo and uh, you know, a lot of bright lights and big stage, you know, it's a it's a cool, cool tournament coming into that arena. 
we're a, a decade past this tournament now, but I remember when I was getting ready for the show and invited you to come on, I remember talking with you about how much work you put in to getting ready for that 2013 classic, the cliff pace classic. Yeah. Do you remember everything that you did there? If I remember you had, you had hundreds of piles out. Yeah. I, uh, well, Jared Miller, I had bought a brush boat from Jared, um, maybe a gear or something before. And so, uh, I, I had a family friend, uh, that had a lake house down there. So me and my buddy, we, uh, you know, we didn't have a whole lot going on and we're young in our twenties. So <laughs> we went down there and, you know, got a couple pallets of cinder blocks and sunk as many trees as we could, you know, and, uh, it was fun. I sp probably spent 40 days down there before dropping. getting ready for the tournament before off limits. Yeah, yeah. So 40 this, days, like four zero. Yeah, this was in the fall. I remember, you know, it was probably sometime around Thanksgiving where it goes off limits or something. Because mm -hmm. I remember being out there on Thanksgiving Day. So, sink and brush. But, yeah, I, I probably we probably stayed down there for 40 straight days and, uh, you know, fished and mostly put out brush. But, uh, yeah, leading up to that classic um, – I was catching them really, really good. And you, we were talking earlier, you know, that cold front was, uh, was, uh, really cold. It was one of the colder days I've fished tournament days. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, those fish didn't bite for me. I don't know if it was nerves, you know, being 10 years ago, I was young and felt like going into that tournament, I was going to win. So it was, uh, you know, it was a, an exciting event. Didn't turn out the way I wanted it, of course, but I, I definitely put in the legwork. So are you going to do the same thing for the open on LOZ or, I mean, do you have that kind of dialed? Like it's just a matter of making decisions this year. Yeah. You know, um, brush works down here and I'll probably fish it in that tournament too, but no, I'm not going to put out a bunch of piles specifically for that. Um, you know, that's a time of year down here. Actually probably my favorite time of year to fish, uh, September here, October here at Lake of the Ozarks. There's so much going on. And uh, it's kind of, it's one of those times where it does pay to be a local, you know, I mean, they get, they get on specific things and just, you know, ha have been on the same, you know, dock or brush pile or whatever it is for years. So it's going to be, you know, I'll run a lot of history and hope to find a couple little patterns to go uh, along with it, but it's going to be, you're going to really have to mix it up in that one. Uh, otherwise schedule, we kind of got, we got into a little disagreement via text. Cause I said, thank God we're not starting down in Florida. And you said, oh, I'm very upset that we're not starting down in Florida. And I said, you're a psychopath because Florida like destroys a quarter of the guys before they even get out of the state in the season. Like you're like, Hey, I'm ready for the season. And you just finished 180th. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I think Florida <laughs> is so sketchy. Like you're. You, you like you start out on the Harris shade. Let's be honest. You start out on the Harris shade. You have spent all year. You're committed to $40,000 for the open. You've got your boat wrap. You're posted on the social media. You're holding your six pounders from practice and you're going, okay, I got Griffin this way and a Popka this way. And if I pick the wrong one, my season's over in eight hours. Yeah. Like that's the only place that's the only place in the country where you are you could just do a complete screw job for your entire year. I I I will agree with you there. And I, I've done it. 
I've done it as well. And it's the sickest feeling because you know what's happening when it's happening. I did it on the Harris chain. I got into Lake Griffin and I went, I'm two and a half hours from any other decision. I was already about 100. And if I catch 10 pounds, it'll be a Christmas miracle. Yeah. um, Harris chain in particular is probably the toughest place. One of the best fisheries in Florida, but so many decisions, a lot of idling time, a lot of running time. Yeah. that one's a tough one. Oh, what a great what a great canal. Look at the gnomes. Look at all the birds. Oh, now I only have three hours to fish. It, it's a tough it's uh especially like three or four uh practice days at the most, you know, and you got nine lakes to choose from or whatever it is. Yeah. It's a daunting task. But in general, Florida's been really good to me. Um, you know, I fished my first Elite Series tournament in Florida. And the night before, I mean, I was scared to death. I wanted to cry and get home, you know, and but I caught a 10-pounder, and it saved my tournament, and uh, it was a good start to my career. So. Wait, your first Elite Series ever you caught a 10-pounder in? I did. That had to be just – you had to be jacked out of your gourd. Yeah, I had like – we were at St. John's River when it had grass, and I had several of them marked that I thought were 10 or bigger. But there was a lot of guys fishing in that area. And I watched Todd Fairclaw. She was basically, he he was sitting on top of that fish. Were you down in George in the eelgrass? Yep. He was sitting on top of that fish and right next to a couple others. And he was just, you know, it was early in the morning. You couldn't see. And he's fan casting out there, catching everything that swam, you know. <laughs> and I had, I had zero in the box at like, you know, 10, 11 o'clock. And I'm starting to think that, you know, maybe not the best career choice. And he packed up and went somewhere else, you know, and, it, and the sun started getting up where you could actually see what was down there. And I uh, put the trolling motor on high and went over there and looked and she was sitting right there where I left her and took about, took about 10 minutes and I caught her. So thanks Todd. Were but, you shaking? Oh yeah. I mean, she was, the frame on it was huge, you know, so I didn't know how big it was, but yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I'm looking at this tournament. I f- forgot about this. Was it who ended up winning this? Was this the Alton tournament? I don't know. I think that day I was like, yeah, it was Alton. Todd thinking- finished second in that event by less than a pound. If he had that fish, he wins by like seven pounds over Alton. Yeah. That was Alton on the purple dinger. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, that, that Lake George was awesome. I think that day I thought I could get big bass. I think Hackney had a 13 something. No, I think so. No, I would have known if Greg weighed in a 13. I think he had like a 13 the first day or a heavy 12. I remember this. This is when I knew that it was that things were serious when KVD was uh, pulled down bed fishing in the eelgrass. I'd never seen him do that. Like he was in a crowd doing the same thing as everyone else. Yeah, it's amazing how many of them will get in. The first time we ever went down there, um, that the Elite Series did at least, I remember Rojas didn't have uh, power poles yet. He was like holding out. I guess he was like the original one of the original guys to have power poles, and then he was like business decision. I'm taking him off until there, you know, until they're like, hey, we'll make me, you know, make it worth your while to put him back on. This is yeah. kind of when everyone had one and then guys would be like, hey, it's an overkill for two. And then yeah. you'd be like, yeah, but I don't spin like a top. Uh, he would do, do you remember, he would do, did you ever see like a two anchor and a pole system? Yeah. Bedfish. You do like a 
anchor yeah. on the back corner, an anchor uh, on the front cata corner, and then you take your push pole and jam it through your uh, trolling motor cable. Yeah, I like that technique. I think I think Hallman had like a device like that or on his front of his boat where he can jam a uh, pole through there. Yeah, like a little cylindrical thing that would stick. So it was basically like a power pole up front. Yeah. That's smart. No, I didn't realize you caught a 10 in your in your first event. But you you don't you like starting in Florida. You wish you were starting like next week in Florida for the opens. Yeah. For one, it's warm. You know, it's like 20 degrees out here. But uh yeah, it's nice to kind of get down there, get a jump start on spring. And you know, I've been able to, you know, we usually start our season down there whatever circuit I've been on has usually started down there. And, uh, you know, I've been able to, since it's winter time, guiding's a little slow. I've been able to, you know, usually stay like an extra week and fish around or, you know, do things like that. And so I've become pretty familiar with the Florida fisheries and, um, you know, I probably do better there than I do, uh, most anywhere else, honestly. Fair uh, enough. I missed a couple checks down there and I've had one of your dreaded, you know, nearly last place finishes as well. But did you know it at like 9 a.m. too, that it was just that you just made a horrible life decision and that it was all downhill? Or would you did you still hold out hope? I this was a bizarre story and I don't even know what happened. So my co-angler. So I went and parked on a bunch of uh, offshore hydrilla. And I fished it the first day and, you know, caught a limit, didn't do great needed to really step my game up so i went out there decided to fish a worm around it a lot slower my co-angler catches maybe 27 pounds behind me i think mark mark howard is his name he's from texas um i i, I honestly carried his fish up for him i i zeroed i hooked what, what? yeah i hooked one that was probably a 10 pounder but it was like and, and it straightened my hook out um but I had a, just an isolated patch of grass out there, and I sat on it all day. And we casted the same worm. At one point in time, he had like two eight-pounders and a limit, and I hadn't even had a bite. And I'm like, dude, like I took his setup in my hand. I changed line. I put on like 12-pound line instead of the 20 that I was throwing, thinking maybe that was the difference. And I like we threw the exact same setup all day. And he caught two limits of fish, and I didn't catch any. I think my worms were soaked in gasoline or something. But that is, I mean, that is a confident shatterer. It was the worst day. The worst day. I, I mean, mean, and you can't be mad at the. Did he ever like sit down and be like, "Hey, I, I'm going to eat a ham sandwich for 20 minutes here just to give on, you a chance"? Honestly, he made like a three or four pound call at the very end of it. <laughs> He's sitting out there, and we're talking at this point. I'm like. Yeah. I just, I was so frustrated. I'm like, I'm staying on this spot until I catch one, you know? And uh, he throws out there and me and him are talking and I see his rod lean over, you know, mm -hmm. like one's got it in its mouth. And he kind of looks at me and I'm like, dude, get him. You know, he wasn't even going to set the hook on it. Oh, it really? That's when it's bad when you know your co-angler is in the, I had that happen this year once. And he goes, yeah. do you want me to set? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, you're in the damn tournament. Set the hook, dude. That was the same scenario. He wasn't going <laughs> to set the hook, you know, and, and it was another like seven or eight pounder. It was, 
So, dude, I had one on the Red River where my my co he was I think he was second after the first day, and he was like, "Hey, um, is it legal for me to bird dog? Like, can I fish without hooks? And then if one blows up, I can be like cast over there." And I was like, "This is how I know I've reached a new low when you get your when you get your butt kicked that bad, where the guy's like, he needs to help you. He's like, can I assist you, sir?" He was a good dude. I'm trying to think of the one. I had one just like that on, shockingly enough, Lake of the Ozarks. All right, yep. I zero day one on Lake of the Ozarks in October of 2019. Remember that tournament? I do remember that one. I think you caught him pretty good. I zero day one. I'm trying to get to my co-angler here. Day one co-angler. My co-angler, I can't remember his name. I want to say he was he was in the top five for sure. Older gentleman gets in my boat has a uh, has like two or three rods. One of them has a it's a round old Abu fifty six hundred with mono on it. Takes a whopper plopper out of the package, ties it directly on. I've got the braid with the long rod with the soft tip. I've got the choppo that's tweaked out with a little bit of, of feather. I've got, I mean, I've got the juice guy asked for a sit down seat. He proceeds to get three bites behind me on a whopper plopper for 12 pounds, including a six pounder goes three for three and is in the top five of the co-angler says he's fished this thing as a co-angler. Every event. He said, I'm the best guy he's ever fished with. I proceed to zero <laughs> Never have a bite the entire day and uh, got absolutely drilled. Yeah. He'd be, he would reel that thing. I, like he fished it and I was like, I don't have anything to worry about. Like the tail wasn't even turning hardly. I thought it was like broken out of the package. It'd just really? be like, blue, blue, blue. And he'd just put it on his leg and he'd have a big bow in the line. And it would just, I mean, with the chopo, I'm up there going, like i mean i fished it way too fast i think that was my problem and dude they would come uncorked on it on his not mine that's that always hurts especially when you're throwing a top water <laughs> you know the same top i mean both he, he was throwing the loon plopper and i was throwing the black chopper which of course after his second four pounder i went to went to a, a loon oh, plopper yeah. plopper and started crawling it and then the the six pounder was just the icing on the cake. Yeah, you know, after the first one, you're like, that was just a fluke. And like three or four or five pounders into it, you're like, maybe there's something. Yeah, and I was hopping points with Watson and didn't realize it was Watson. He was in a weird boat, and I was like, what? This guy's like always one freaking ahead of me. So then I get one ahead of him, and then he came in and was in like in the top five after that day. So literally everyone around me was just crushing four and five pounders, and I never had a bite the whole day. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a frustrating event that time of year. I've uh, I've done the same thing in that event every time I've had it here. Had those co anglers catch some behind you that you know you brought your lure past, and it just it hurts when you don't get a lot of bites. And they're usually big. I mean, the fish here are usually pretty quality when you do catch one. Oh, someone Curly said I met you in the back of Watson on day two LOZ. You came in on me and threw a trap around me. Uh, I remember that they were schooling in the back there. Sorry, Curly. I wasn't trying to cut you off. Clearly I was not fishing for anything on day two, except for pride. <laughs> oh, I, thought, 
thought he was talking to me. I'm like, I don't throw a trap. No, I did. I remember <laughs> day two, I caught all three of my fish on a trap. <laughs> there you go. Oh, he said, I got a picture with you. I vividly remember that. That was the highlight of my tournament. I'm <laughs> fishing it. He goes, hey, are you Matt from BTL? And I was like, by God. <laughs> Someone recognized me. I had zeroed. It was ice cold. I hadn't caught crap. My co-angler had been killing me. I do remember that. That was awesome. That was a cool deal. So he's like, hey, can I get a picture? I was like, absolutely. Come on over. See, and I only had three, and Curly said he won his club classic out of that. That was just a bad tournament for me, Casey. Nice. Yeah, we have those. Just you're, a bad tournament. All right. What else? If people want to uh, want to keep up with you, what else do you have going on? This is your opportunity to push product, promote social media, anything that you'd yeah. like to. Uh, yeah. Check out my Facebook and Instagram. I post on there pretty regular and uh, my website. So uh, it's Casey Scanlon Fishing at Facebook and Instagram. And then uh, it's CaseyScanlonFishing.com. If you are interested in booking a guide trip or checking out any of my sponsors, been trying to do the YouTube thing. I'm not very good at editing though, but I've been doing a fishing report on there. So there you go. There you go. Look at that. We didn't even get into any of the, uh, any of the Champlain stuff. I kind of wanted to get into that because that's, I think probably if I was to pick like the top five, funniest slash iconic moments in FLW tour history. I would have to say that your uh the the kayakers on Champlain. Yeah. I like wish that's searing to my it, memory. There was hundreds of them. You know Oh you really? It wasn't just the ones No. It Explain went that to the listeners who don't remember what happened. You're leading the tournament or is was it the final day? Uh I think it was third like day? third day, you know, but you know, up there in the top three, they've got a camera in my boat. They've got a camera boat behind me, you know, with another camera in it and, you know, reporter or whatever. And uh, I'm fishing, you know, all alone out there on a little point of grass. And, uh, you know, like a, I look behind me and a mile away, there's kayakers coming, you know, like a huge group of these kayakers. And they're, they're like over a mile away behind me. And so they uh, apparently just were going to drive between me and the bank. I've showed it right now. So they're actually right now, they're, they're on the front side and back side of me. Like I'm having to cast in between them. I almost hit a guy with a jig right there, it looked like. But uh, like they're, <laughs> they're, on, they're on both sides of me. And, you know, and most of them are like, you know, teenagers. It's like probably some camp or something. But there's, you know, there's 20 adults in there leading them. And uh, it was just funny. You know, like the very last guy through was like, oh, are we uh, are we in your way? And I was just like, no, dude, just it's all good. <laughs> I did not realize there were that many around. I mean, look at that. Look at that visual. That's one of the funniest. I mean, I remember like that is one of the funniest things that I have ever seen in a bass fishing tournament. Yeah. I mean, like right after this, I think I just had to stand there for a minute and put my hands on my hips and just watch them pass. You know, I mean, there was that many of them. Yeah, there's a kid there just balancing. Yeah. The guys, uh, the guys filming it, I mean, I could hear them behind me. They were cracking up the entire time. They couldn't believe it. It was funny. That's actually, uh, they, they, uh, 
they sent me a bunch of stuff, uh, video and stuff after the tournament. I'll have to look up and see if I have it still. Uh, you got guide dates open for this winter. If anybody, this winter, early spring, if anybody wants to get on with you. Yeah, absolutely. We got a lot of open dates here and there. So. You do the jerk bait, forward facing sonar thing. If they want to learn how to do that, check a jerk bait. Oh yeah. All that. Yep. You know, some days they eat it, some days they don't, but you definitely get a look at a lot of fish run up and stare at your bait. That's for sure. That's good stuff. Yeah. Well, I was sitting there and I was like, man, I need to get Casey on the show. I haven't had him on for a while. So yeah, man. I'm glad you did. It was good talking to you. It's been a little while. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I will see you at uh Ufala in Alabama in uh well, just if you haven't paid your deposits, they are due by 5 30 today. Thousand bucks to get the rest of your deposits in for the Ufala open. Honestly, thank you for reminding me. I think I probably need to do that. Yeah, that's that's on my to-do list after the show. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, one more thing to add to mine as well. All right. Thanks, Casey. Have a good one. Thanks, dude. Thanks for having me on. All right, that was Casey Scanlon. Good dude. Yeah, check him out. Uh, fun fun day in the boat with him. If you're in that Ozark area, this is the time of the year. It's it's a really cool, dynamic fishery. Those big, creamy bass that like only the Ozark fish can get. You can learn a lot uh, from that and have a good time. I would, If I were you, here's what I would do. I would do a split day. I would learn how to do... Uh, I would do the, the forward-facing sonar with the jerk bait. I'd be like, hey, show me some jig stuff because Casey's really good with the small jig there. And then I'd be like, let's go catch a dozen crappie. And then you can drop me off at the bank and I'll go home. So, all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, new feature for BTL in 2023. Dave Rush from Best on Tour is going to join us to break down some of the uh, top statistics of the month that we're seeing in best on tour. And then also uh, talk a little bit about a BOT giveaway. So Dave rush from best on tour next Tuesday, January 31st. This is BTL. We will be back right after this. Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two or three graphs up front, beat down outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting beatdownoutdoors.com. Are you looking to install your own fishing electronics? The solution is the Bass Tank Power Harness. It takes the guesswork out of installation. No more voltage issues or interference. Designed by an engineer so that you can get professional results right there in your own garage. Installation done right with the help of the Bass Tank Power Harness. You can feel confident knowing that your installation was done right. The Bass Tank Power Harness. Give us a call or order yours today at thebasstank.com. Get the best patterns backed by tournament data. Start by finding the best 10% of your lake. Know exactly what to look for and what to throw. After that, you just put them in the boat. Try the deep dive app today. Look at that beast right there. Having confidence in your tackle while on the water is one of the main things to success in my opinion. In the last couple of years with Denali, I've had just that. From anything from spinning rods, casting rods, tungsten products, even now to casting and spinning reels, I have the confidence to go out there and get the job done and know that all my equipment is gonna handle it and do it just the way I want it. The thing about Denali is you've got great quality products at a great price point, so make sure you check them out. 
right, welcome back to BTL. It is now time to go to Dave Rush from Best on Tour, who is joining us from his spacious home in South Carolina. What's up, Dave? What's up, Matt? How you doing? Uh, good. Do you remember the Casey Scanlon deal with the kayakers back in the day? I do remember that, and it was it was taking me back when you guys were discussing the uh, the St. John's River uh, Florida tournament. I remember that one vividly. A lot of things happened there. Um, Jeffries actually has his hands on uh, Alton's dinger from that event. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's <laughs> he actually okay. has that purple dinger with the straight shank hook still in it because I remember uh, out and snelled it. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever because he cut the winning bait off and Jeffries has it. So it's still got the weight, the bobber stop and, and the dinger attached yeah, in, his, in his trophy room. I think that was one of the first times uh, I was thinking back. I think that was one of the first times I experienced a, a panger meltdown, not a Jeffries meltdown in Florida. Yeah, in Florida, I think it won that I believe it was that tournament. You and I were out shooting, um, shooting that eelgrass flat, and I was taking the pictures. And and some setting or something was off on the camera that you were uh, neither one of us realized. And we got oh, back. I bet kind of remembered. Everything like, was blurry. Money bed fit. Yeah, money fish landing pictures of these giants, and every one of them was just a little bit blurry. And I remember Jeffries was like. Ah, oh, no big deal, man. Let's go get dinner. And you just like went nuclear. <laughs> because I remember that. You needed a picture for something. I don't remember exactly what it was. And I was but... so happy that I'd actually got yeah, it. That was back. Him. I mean, Jeffries literally brainwashed me into believing that like every picture and every article was like just a revolutionary, groundbreaking Bass Zone exclusive. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny you say that. I, I've been in the all off quote off season there really is no off season but you know i've been going through hard drives and trying to clean stuff up and organize it and you come across all those pictures and and they're cool to look at but you really can't use them for anything anymore because all the guys have changed you know looks and sponsors and you know it's, it's kind of cool to to kind of go back and think about the times the experiences and the moments but you know really for useful purposes there's not much there is. Yeah, you've witnessed most of my meltdowns had to do with traffic or parking. <laughs> yeah, definitely parking meltdowns for sure. But um, yeah, remember that one. Um, I think that's that's the, the deal where you and I finally realized that the all the bass fishermen in Palatka, Florida have the same build. And we determined that it was oh, yeah. stocky, barrel chested, gold chain, chest hair, three yeah. buttons down, uh, Columbia angler shirt tucked in shorts inch and a half above the thighs either the jerusalem cruisers or the crocs and the build is is basically what happens if you if you just push pulled your way around florida flats yeah, for three decades and uh I, f I forget does you know we the guy we had that that time was a, a gambler dual console gambler it is they're always go fast boats and they're like 23 foot long too they're not like 18 19 footers yeah and Wherever we put in to where we went was 80 plus the whole time. I remember that. He was mowing over crab pots. Mowing them. I mean, like like angling for the crab pots. Yeah. Well, you know, that's where the deeper water is, right? Yep. If you live around the coast, you know, a lot of times 
guys put the crab pots in deeper water. So it's a way to kind of follow the channel. So probably old Florida trick there. All right. Uh, you are in charge of best on tour, which is a free brand, uh, free newsletter, uh, that covers everything in the industry, polls, stats, articles, interesting things that go on. You can sign up for at it for bestontour.net. They are my title sponsor for the 2023 Bassmaster Opens back for a third season. So I obviously have a vested interest in it, but there's always something in every episode that I'm like, huh, that's interesting. So what I wanted to do with you was get you on the last show of every month to talk about what you thought was probably one of the most interesting stats that was featured on the weekly Best on Tour uh, newsletter. Bestontour.net. Sign up for free. They don't spam you. They don't send you anything else. Literally just an industry newsletter, especially if you're an analytical stats guy like me. So what stat are we working with Uh what stat are we working with this week, Dave? Well, I thought I'd give you a little preview of uh, what's going to come out on Thursday. You know, not a lot of tournaments going on. First one of the year kicked off at uh, at Sam Rayburn, uh, Dakota Ebear, uh, you know, picking up right where he left off, finally getting the win, but that guy's been on fire lately. But top 10 finishing baits at the Sam Rayburn Toyota Series. Uh, what I did was broke them down into percentages, um, give everybody an idea of kind of how it all played out there, man. I mean, no surprise with the A-Rig, 23% of the field using it, 57% baits in, mentioned in in the top 10 involving soft plastics. But just a quick little breakdown there of the top 10 finishing baits for the Toyota series. As the season goes on, we're obviously going to have a lot more data to work with. Um, you know, we're going to see what guys are running this year, what, boats, what trucks, what motors, what electronics, uh, so on and so forth. And as the season kicks off, these stats will get more in depth and we'll have a lot more to talk about. But yeah, just a quick little rundown there to top 10 finishing bait. Anything wow, that surprises me. Yeah, 57% of the baits that, that involve soft plastics. Now that included the 23% on the A-Rig, correct? Yeah, that included Okay, that. but still almost 60%. Uh, I, I was very surprised at how many different baits for such an early season tournament played in the top 10 for one. Like I said, you've got jerk bait, jigging spoon, crank bait, shaky head, swim bait, football head, A-Rig, lipless, and Carolina rig. Uh, and... I think if you had asked people even five years ago about this, they'd be, well, it'd be a hundred percent Alabama rig. The things where, you know, I should, I should outlaw that, but you could throw the Alabama rig and yes, it was one on it, but look at how many other tactics also played on Rayburn. Now I understand. I know Rayburn is a very diverse fishery, but if I was, if you were to give me that poll before, I'd say I could see a jigging spoon and a rig and a jerk bait. Yeah, interestingly enough, too, if you look at it, you know, there's there's obviously tons of talk, forward facing sonar, changing everything. You know, some of those baits typically are things you're not going to think are going to play too much with a forward facing sonar. I'm not saying that people aren't using it with a crankbait, but that's not really a big forward facing sonar bait. And that's second highest uh, finishing bait there in the top 10. 17% of the guys in the top 10 using a crankbait. So, Kind of interesting stuff going on there at Rayburn. Good place that to is. kick off the, the year, though. Um, can't recall one recently that they haven't had a weather delay, though. Can you? I mean, it seems no. like every year. No. I mean, I'm, it's, you're, I, I'm not going to rip on weather delays. I'd rather everyone be safe yeah. and 
miss a day of fishing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's this, you know, volatile time of year. That that'd be a stat for the last five years. How many weather delays there have been, Dave? Yeah, I'd be interested exactly. in knowing that. What percentage of the days? There it is right there. Best on tour.net. So think of fishing net.net. And I mean, this is just the main thing. You just put your name in, your email, you click sign up, and you're done. Totally yeah, free. Couple things going on, man. We've we've gotten a lot of requests uh for our subscribers and, and people who aren't subscribed uh, to be able to go back and read all of the, the archived issues. Um, that's a new feature that's about to launch on the website. We will have all of our issues. I think next, this week's issue is number 205 or 206. So pretty crazy to think you start something from nothing and uh, you're on, you know, over 200 issues. Uh, but all those will be available. That's free. Don't even have to subscribe to go there and, and read the issues. That will be free access there. You can go back, look at all the stuff we've done over the past couple of years. And, you know, we're just going to keep moving this year, man. Got a, got a new look for 2023, kind of revamped the look of the newsletter. Um, definitely listening to subscriber feedback and making some changes where necessary and looking forward to seeing how everything plays out in two, 2023 that's good stuff you got anything else dave uh yeah man i think uh we are doing a subscriber giveaway oh uh, for the next week totally forgot about that you do have something else (laughs) from now until next wednesday new subscribers giving away this hoodie you got one right here see yep best on tour branded afco shadow So nice hoodie, simple, go to bestontour.net, sign up. Um, You know, anybody who subscribes is a new subscriber. Oh, this says Reaper. The next week. Is it Shadow or Reaper? Uh, Either. I'm not sure, man. It says Reaper on the thing you sent me. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably a Reaper. I got a Shadow right here. So AFCO Reaper, um, which you need right now. It's cold. So. And then yeah. how do they, oh, so you, then you'll do, you'll just randomly choose one of the new subscribers. Yeah. One of the new subscribers uh, to sign up during the next week. We're going to choose one and you get a, a free AFCO best on tour hoodie. So that's, that's easy to do, man. Once a week, um, like you said, every Thursday it comes out. That's all you're going to get from us. You're not going to get a bunch of offers. and Yeah. Uh, Scott, here's the deal. He said, can we unsubscribe and then resubscribe so we can be entered? And I have talked about this with Dave to be like, hey, I hate the contests that are only for new subscribers. So we will be mixing in. Uh, there'll be a there's a new contest every month, right? Yep. So, uh, we'll, so we we'll mix some, in some subscriber contests. Exactly. There will be subscriber subscriber contests. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, hopefully you don't unsubscribe and but if you do, you resubscribe. So <laughs> either way, you're subscribed. So that's a good deal. All right, Dave. The got last time I saw there. you was uh what the Lake Hartwell open, right? Yeah. I've got <laughs> this is Dave's experience with me at the Lake Hartwell Open. I'm gonna show this picture. So Dave jumps in my boat. And makes like 10 casts. Because you fish as a co-angler, you cast a check. And I was I was dialed. Like really, really dialed. And Dave was... Uh, this was Dave's experience with me in the Hartwell Open. Thumbs down. 
that's the only photo I have of us in a boat. Well, open. <laughs> just, just Dave, just thumbs down, just sitting there. Yeah, it was, was kind of cool though to see how dialed in you were. I mean, there was there was no doubt in my mind at that event. Um, if you didn't get in your own way, you were gonna do well. Yeah, I kind of got in my own way, but not as much as I could have, I guess. But that was a fun deal, man. Just kind of, you know, I hadn't done that in so many years, and just jumping in the back of the boat with with some of those guys and. Going fishing for a you, couple of days. You said the only reason you signed up for that was for the one in 203 chance of draw Jamie Rampy. <laughs> that was it? You're like, hey, well, it's, I mean, Jamie it's Rampey, worth the $600. A couple other guys. Yeah, I mean, think about that. I mean, you you draw a guy like that. I mean, you probably don't even fish. You just sit back and watch him do his thing. I mean, that guy's won so much money and been so successful like Hartwell it's worth it for a chance to, to get in the boat with a guy mm-hmm. like that when, you know, as a learning experience. Right. Yeah. So yes, it does apply to people outside the United States. Right. Like if someone wins it, not in the United States, who signs up. Uh, I don't know. We're not shipping. Okay. Uh, I shouldn't have answered that. No, it doesn't. Not even Canada Our friendly neighbors to the North. We'll, we'll see. We'll cross gotta, that bridge when we get there. Up. Yeah. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. We gave away a bunch of AFCO stuff for uh, with Mercer last night, and he's gonna have to ship some stuff, a bunch of stuff to. They gotta clear customs. The United States. How does that work? It's gonna clear customs, but the good thing is, I think he's got to sign most of it because most people are gonna put it on the wall. I think I thought it would be cool. I want to have a classic, a day three classic worn shirt from Mercer from the MC, and then one of the listeners last night was like, "And get one of the." Let's get ready to weigh them towels. Yeah. And then put it like on a wall and be like, Hey, this is from day three of the 2023 classic. What Mercer wore on stage. He thought it was ridiculous. I think it would be cool. Cause I'm going to get like uh, Dean Rojas's pants and Frank Itali's jersey. <laughs> I'm just going to get an eclectic mix of bass fishing going, paraphernalia. Are you going, uh, are you going blue Dickies? Uh, they're the class, the pants from, no, it's before that. They're the pants from when he broke the record. <laughs> He's got his 45, two pants in a box. Okay. And you, you're going to get your hands off. Yeah. I, I did find a quote where he said, when I caught the final fish, I crapped myself, but so I don't know if I really want to. <laughs> But oh. yeah, I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna. He said that there's like gnats embedded into him because there was like some like fly hat. Anyway, I thought it would be cool. He's got like a little engraver on that, and then some other jerseys in the area. That'd be cool if he if he gives them up, man. You know that's that's kind of uh. We'll see if I actually for him. I I offered to trade him R two D two toaster for a pair of his pants. <laughs> He might go for that if it was still in the box and original. Yeah. All right. This is this is uh this is digressing rapidly. All right. So that episode, that stat will be in the best on tour that comes out. Yep, on Thursday. Well, that'll be the stat for the week. Just wanted to give you guys a quick little preview of it. Um yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff about to start happening, man. We're about to get really busy here. Florida's gonna be, you know. <laughs> A hotbed of activity as as usual during the early spring for for major events. 
So we'll have a lot of information coming out of those tournaments. And, uh, you know, we appreciate everybody's support, everybody subscribing, and, and hope that everybody keeps giving us feedback on what they like to see in a newsletter. Uh, see, that wasn't that painful. Folks, Dave wasn't exactly thrilled with, I got to do this once a month. <laughs> <laughs> that was good stuff. You seemed enthusiastic. You seemed happy to be on the show. You did a good job. Always good to talk to you, man. I, it was uh-huh. cool listening to, listening to Casey. Uh, hadn't hadn't seen that guy in a while either. Yep. Well, he'll be on uh, all the opens EQs. So. All yeah, right, are Dave you, Rush. Uh, what? Are you, are you headed down to do some practicing at Lake Eufaula or what's your deal? Oh, uh, it's off limits now. So. Okay. No, I will see Not the lake for five right days. Yep. I'm just going to go throw a shaky head. After Casey Ashley shaky head show, I'm committed to the shaky head in 23. Yeah, that was a show I did watch for sure. Um, interesting to see Casey's take on all that. Still thinks he can get it done with uh, with the shaky head. And well, I, it makes a lot it. of sense. It does. He fishes it like a tube. It's like a tube and a Nico rig and a worm and it's all, everything all in once especially with the one eighth and three sixteenths that he uses yeah good hookup ratio too, weedless some really good juice there from from casey ashley he, he kind of gave up a little bit more than i thought he would yeah but yeah. Good, good to hear from casey too that guy's uh an icon here in here in south carolina for sure Oh, yeah, I forgot. He is your neck of the woods. You got tons of icons over there. South North Carolina just pumps out quality anglers. We've talked about that at nausea. Yeah, it does, man. Like you, we're talking about with Casey, so versatile. You can go from clear water stuff in the upper part of the state to tidal fisheries on the coast and everything in between. So, Can we get a stat over the last five years or 10 years or whatever? What percentage of top tour level days have been canceled or postponed? I can look into it as you well that's a know. Lot of, that's a lot of work, Dave. As you well know, it's it's more difficult to find information now as as companies and tournament organizations switch over websites and things. A lot of that stuff kind of gets lost in the mix. Um, you can you can do a lot, but you know it's hard to find everything. And I don't like putting out stats where I can't really verify it. So yep. I can definitely look into it. I think that'd be an interesting stat for sure. Good stuff. All right. Anything else? Nah, man. That's it. All right. Thanks for hopping on, Dave. All right. Good luck. See you. See you. Thank you. All right. That was Dave Rush from Best on Tour, bestontour.net. Announcement tomorrow. You've asked for him. We got him. Brad Hallman makes his first appearance on BTL in the 2023 season. Now, there's a 50% chance he'll be sitting across from me. Uh, You can. I just looked out my window this morning. You can't see the road. It's just, it's covered in ice. So there's also a 50% chance that he's going to do it from the friendly confines of his office. And then uh, on Thursday, I mentioned it on yesterday's show. I try to keep the day four stuff on the day four stuff. Uh, There will be an update. Frank will be on. We're going to do a deep dive into uh, boat handling. Todd, the prop guy is going to come back on for a, a little bit more about like setting up uh, your boat for maximum performance, but then we will have an update on the color, uh, number seven. Uh, and basically I I'm just kind of waiting till Lurinette Pradco comes out with, you know, what they're going to do. Long story short, you guys basically broke the website, uh, trying to, <laughs> to order it. So we'll go through all of that. Um, the support is awesome. 
uh, from you guys. So big shout out to Casey Scanlon. Big shout out to Dave Rush. He did text me. It is a Reaper. Win a Reaper if you're not signed up. Best on tour.net. And other than that, I got to get back over here and find my music. I think we are. Uh... There we go. We're good to go. All right. This has been another edition of BTL Bass Talk Live. Brad Hallman tomorrow. We'll talk to everybody then.